0: Well, tonight's message is one of those messages that, uh, (laughs) it kind of beat me up first, you know, it's one of those that you, you, uh, I I mean, it's, it's, it's great to preach in the idea that it's applicable to everybody. Um, but maybe a little harder to preach because it's applicable to everybody. <laughs> and so it's kind of one of those things that uh, you look at and you just say, oh, "Okay, I'm just going to let you up know up front we're going to step on some toes tonight." Um, you know, that's just the way it is when you get when you get practical. You kind of get down where the rubber meets the road, and and uh, you kind of you know that's that's the way it is. So I, I hope you know I'm not again <laughs> i'm doing this to try and help you i I'm not getting uh well maybe I am getting onto you a little bit I, but but it's in love amen it 's in love to try and try and encourage you and help you to to be more of what God wants us to be and that's that's I tell you what this message beat me up first and just really uh raked me over the coals and i you know i I was really looking at it for me personally because the Holy Spirit convicted me about some things and then uh it developed into the message that it is now from from that. So we're going to get into the Word of God tonight. Why don't you turn to 2 Timothy chapter number 3. 2 Timothy chapter number 3 is where our text will be, or at least our launching text. So you guys know that I enjoy photography and uh, videography, really Video more than than photos. I've for many years uh, have strived to have a decent camera and take pictures and shoot video. And of course, that's a large part of what I did for churches all the way back in 2000. I was editing uh, video when you almost had to cut the tape and do it that way. <laughs> uh, and now things are everything's digital. But uh, you know, balance in photography is critical the creation of images it's critical to have balance a balanced image will impact the viewer in a very positive way a picture that is out of balance will leave the viewer feeling very unsatisfied they might not even realize what it is they might not be able to articulate to you why they don't necessarily like that photo over this photo but it's because it's out of balance, because there is no balance in that image. And tonight's message is certainly not going to be on, on balance in photography, how you can use color and contrast to bring balance, how you can use the foreground and the horizon to bring balance, or you can uh, left and right sides of the image and using empty space uh, versus large objects. And, and you can bring balance in an image in a lot of different ways, But it's critical, otherwise you're left looking at an image and you're left unsatisfied. But what we're dealing with tonight is balance in the life of a believer. Back in 2020, I preached a few messages dealing with balance in the Christian life. I preached on some topics like mercy and truth. I preached on work and worship, prosperity and poverty, Balance is very important and this evening I want to preach a message on balance in the Christian life or the balanced believer on amusement and accomplishment or maybe it would be more fitting to title it this evening on pleasure and productiveness productivity production what what are you getting done It is critical, Christian, that we have balance in our Christian lives. Otherwise, it is the same thing. You'll be left unsatisfied. You might not even realize what it is that has left you that way, but you'll be left unsatisfied. You'll be unfulfilled. Balance is very important. And especially when we're looking at or talking about this idea of pleasure... And productivity. There is an old saying all work and no play makes Jack a doll boy. You know, that's there's supposed to be some balance. Somebody said all work and no play makes Jack a doll boy and Jill a rich widow. (laughs) So (laughs) that that might be good. You know, I, I don't know. One old philosopher, I can't remember his name, but he said all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy, but all play and no work makes him something worse altogether. And here's the thing, beloved, is play in our Christian lives is to be used as a means of refreshing, of regrouping so that we can get back to the work. But uh, I think that we've reached a place in society that uh, life is about pleasure instead of productivity. That is the focus of our world today, and we see that condemnation given to us in 2 Timothy chapter 3. Look at verse number 1, and we'll read down to verse number 5. He says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers, Turn away. Paul has written to us here that there is going to come a time when men would be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. I think that everyone here would say without hesitation, You're right, preacher, this world has come to the place where they're lovers of pleasure more than they are of God. But I wonder if we're willing to admit. That we've reached that place. Do we have a proper balance of pleasure and productivity? Would you pray with me and ask God to speak to our hearts as we go through this this evening. Lord we're grateful for your word. We're thankful God that you're a God of second and third and fourth and fifth chances. And that God you in your word draw us back to the truths that are to be used to guide us in our life. They remind us of what's important and where we need to be focusing our priority. Lord, pleasure's good, but we need to be balanced in it. I pray, God, you'd use this thought this evening and just help us to examine our lives and see that we have a right and proper balance. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you have a balance of pleasure and productivity in your life? Beloved, today, in our world, spending on entertainment has grown to an astronomical rate. I tried to do a little bit of research on the spending on entertainment, on pleasure, on you know, activities and this kind of stuff, and the, the list is just unbelievable. I, I looked into just the aspect or idea of entertainment. It grew by 14 percent in 2021. When you include what I assumed from my study, all of the forms of theatrical entertainment, that would be live theater, the movie theaters, uh, home movies, DVDs that people buy and order and rent and, and subscription services. Last year it grew by over 6% from the record set in 2019 of $328 billion. That's just the theatrical entertainment that's just the idea of, of movies and presentations and those kind of things that's not talking about the money that's spent on the spent on the music industry that's not talking about the money that's spent on uh professional sports we talked a few weeks ago about just just the nfl on super bowl sunday the money that was wasted on, on that day and spent in pursuit of that one, that one. I mean, that's not talking about basketball and hockey and, and all of the other sports that are out there. Do you know that they have competitive cup stacking? I mean, a sport now that is televised for other people to watch where you stack cups. <laughs> Yes. I mean, come on this. this, It's amazing that we'll promote anything that we can put out as entertainment. That's not talking about all of those things. I looked at the global gaming industry, just, you know, computer games, the computer games, global gaming industry is projected to grow from 229 billion in 2021 to over 550 billion in 2028. That's just games. The amount of money, that's not talking about vacations or, or holidays or toys or, or going to experience things or going to Six Flags or, you know, I mean, the, the, the amount of money that's spent on personal pleasure is astronomical. I, there, there's no way really even to try and quantify it, I don't think. It would take a, 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 a group of CPAs months of studying to put it all together, trying to evaluate all that. We've gotten to a place that in our country, it's out of balance. But I wonder if it's not out of balance even in our lives as Christians. I want to give you three simple thoughts here tonight regarding pleasure. First of all, just want you to know, I want to remind you that pleasure is okay. Pleasure was given to us by God. There's nothing inherently sinful or wrong with pleasure. God is the author of pleasure. In 1 Chronicles 29, 17, he says... I know also, my God, that thou triest the hearts and hast pleasure in uprightness. God has pleasure. I, the word pleasure, I read all of the references in the word of God that reference the word pleasure. And, and most of them are talking about God having pleasure in the upright. God having pleasure in righteousness. God having pleasure in seeing his people prosper. Over and over again, God enjoys things. God sees pleasure. It's all right if God's people enjoy pleasure. Psalms 35, verse number 27 says, let them shout for joy and be glad. Hey, God wants you to have joy. God wants you to be glad. God wants you to rejoice. He says, shout for joy and be glad that my favor righteousness for a righteous cause, yea, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. God is pleased and he loves it when, uh, when, you're, when his people prosper. I mean, that ought to make you happy, amen? That's good news. Listen, in the Garden of Eden where Adam and Eve were, God gave them many things for their enjoyment, many things for their pleasure. In Genesis 2, 8, 9, he says, And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed, and out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. God had much he wanted Adam and Eve to enjoy. But you know, of course, sin came in, and sin Took that which God planned for good and made it evil. There are many things that you can do that, when done in excess, become wrong. There are many things that God planned for good and Satan makes them evil. There's no doubt that in the garden, God had provided and made a way of perfect balance between pleasure and productivity. Although they were in the garden, they had many things to enjoy. God also said to him in Genesis 2.15, And the Lord God took the man and he put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. So long before the fall, God had already given man a lot of things to enjoy. But at the same time, he says, here's some work you need to get done. Here's some balance for your life. Here's something you get to enjoy. Here's a job for you to do. You've got to do both. Both of these things need to be done to have the proper balance in your life. Enjoyment and pleasure is a gift from God. It's to be used to refresh and give us focus and bring us back. In Ecclesiastes chapter three, verses 12 and 13, he says, I know that there is no good in them but for a man to rejoice and to do good in his life, and also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. It is the gift of God. It's a gift of God. It is God's plan that you should be able to enjoy the fruit of your labor. That's, that's by design. God said, hey, you're going to work hard and you're going to be blessed for it. You get to reap the blessings of it. You get to enjoy the benefit of it. You work, you work hard, go out there and plant a garden and, and hoe it and clean it and, 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 and weed it and fertilize it and whatever else you got to do. You get to reap the blessing and the benefit of all of those fruits and vegetables and things that you planted coming in and, and bring them in at your leisure when you want. Bring in those fresh vegetables. You get to reap the benefits of the rewards of your labor. That's God's design. That's God's plan. In uh, Ecclesiastes 5, in verse number 18, he says, Behold, that which I have seen, it is good and comely for one to eat and to drink and to enjoy the good of all his labor. And that he taketh under the sun all the days of his life, which God giveth him, for it is his portion. Those familiar verses in Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 4, To everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under heaven. A time to be born. Listen to the balance you see here as he gives this to us. He said, there's a time to be born a time to die. A time to plant, a time to pluck up. That which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. He says, hey, you know what? There's time for pleasure. There's time to enjoy life. There's time to reap the benefits of your labor. Praise God for that. You get to enjoy all the the benefits of the hard work that you've done. But are you out of balance? Are you out of balance today? Although God created it and we know there's not anything inherently sinful, I wonder if we were willing to be honest before God and admit that there is a far greater amount of our time our money and our resources today are spent on the pursuit of pleasure than on the pursuit of God. I wonder how much, in comparison, of my time and money and resources is spent on the pursuit of pleasure compared to the time and energy and money and resources of my father or my grandfather. I wonder if some of those older generations, if they wouldn't turn over in their grave at how much people feel they deserve their time of relaxation, how much they deserve to, to not have to, to work, to not have to labor, to not have to produce. I want you to understand that pleasure in excess become sin. I wonder if we're conscious this evening of just how much the devil can use leisure time and recreation in our lives. The important question that we must ask ourselves is, from what are we taking that time? Because if we're spending time, money, resources, energy, enjoying life, we're taking it from something. Something. Because time invested here can't be invested anywhere else. So we're taking time from something to pursue that leisure. I think that can be a pretty good sign of whether that's what you should be doing with that time. Is what are you taking it from? Is it from work that you're supposed to be doing? You know, I think one of the reasons that we're less hospitable today than we used to be in bygone generations is because we're embarrassed to let people come into our homes. Why? Well, because it's not picked up. Because it's not clean. Well, why isn't it clean? Well, because I didn't clean it. But you had time to watch a movie. You had time to, you know, read that book. You had time to watch all that YouTube. You had time to go pursue that uh, activity that you enjoy. And the house is a wreck. We're getting to a place today where we We've got piles everywhere. Stuff on top of stuff on top of other stuff. We've got stuff we haven't seen in years. <laughs> I'm just saying, we really ought to clean it up. I don't think we should be living that way. I think you ought to do something about it. But you see, what we're doing is we're taking all of what we would call our spare time and using it for the consumption of pleasure instead of productivity. And those things that don't absolutely have to be done every day are getting left undone. Oh, I don't have to do the laundry today. We were at somebody's house this last week and they were talking about their son. And uh, they said they'd go in their son's room and He's a grown man at this point. And they said, there's clothes all over the floor, clothes everywhere. And uh, we said, we asked him, how do you know what's clean? He's like, I smell it. He <laughs> I smell it. If it smells clean, I wear it. If it smells dirty, it goes back on the floor. <laughs> See, Christian, we're just, we're just letting too much stuff go. Because we want to enjoy this time instead of just be productive. Just get done what we need to get done. What we know we should be doing. Are you taking that time from work that you should be accomplishing? Parents, don't let your kids live like slobs. You know that verse in the Bible? Cleanliness is next to godliness. (laughs) I know it's not a verse, (laughs) but yeah. Uh, But just, I mean, don't let your kids go outside and play. Set some boundaries and say, listen, you want to play. Well, your room needs to be clean first. Well, you want to go do this, then then your job, whether that's the dishes or the kitchen or the vacuum in the living room or whatever their job is, that needs to be done before they can go play. Kids don't need to be playing as much as they think they need to be playing. They can accomplish a lot. And one of sometimes I think parents, you're shooting yourself in your, in, your, in your foot by letting your kids sit around all day and you're doing all the work for them. You're cleaning the house for them and you're putting all their stuff away and you're doing their laundry. Listen, by the time I was 10 years old, I was doing my own laundry. Mom said, you want a clean shirt, you got to wash it. And I learned how to iron as, a, as, you know, probably before I was a teenager, I was ironing my own clothes. Now, they probably didn't look that good. <laughs> And some days I was glad for a suit like this to hit it, you know? You can, nobody could see that it ain't ironed. You, know, you just got to iron this part with it on, amen? <laughs> just quick and don't take the suit off, or it looks like you came out of a suitcase. Get to, get your, teach your kids to work. Now, I know that takes work for you as mom, for you as dad. It takes work to train them, to teach them don't let them play all the time. They're not going to be ready for life. Are you, are you taking time for leisure that you should be giving to God? Are you spending money and energy and time on things for personal enjoyment that should be used for the Lord's work? Beloved, our complete obsession today with pleasure is killing us spiritually. As believers, our pursuit in life is supposed to be Him. It's supposed to be Him. Not the next enjoyment. Not the next pleasure. Colossians 3 verses 1 and 2 says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which were above, which Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on this earth. Are you letting the pursuit of pleasure take the place of God in your life? Last week, I heard about a church member in California that had saved for years to put a pool in his backyard. He had saved $34,000 to put a pool in his backyard. The Lord touched his heart, and he took that $34,000 that he was going to use, a long-time dream to have his own pool, and there was a church planter that was going to start a church. And needed some money and he gave the thirty-four thousand dollars to a church planner. He said, You know what? I don't have to have a pool. It's just a little bit of enjoyment here in this world. This is not gonna matter. Just gonna let that go. I'm gonna give this to the Lord. To the Lord's work. Are you ready to do that? Are you taking leisure time, pleasure time from your family? I think his brother Taylor told me about a golfer that was out on the 17th hole. The funeral passed by. He stopped and took his hat off and waited until the funeral passed all the way by. And then turned, put his hat on and began to continue to play. And his partner looked at him and says, man, I can't believe that. That's one of the most respectful things I've ever seen. And he said, that's the least I could do. I was married to her for 28 years. <laughs> are, are you letting your family sit by? Will you pursue some activity, some form of enjoyment, some measure? See, what, what I'm saying is every, every time we invest time in personal pleasure, we're taking it from something. So what are, what are you taking it from? Pleasure in itself is not wrong, but pleasure in excess can be sin. Satan's plan, beloved, is to take that which is good and use it for evil. When pleasure has too high of a place in our hearts, it it becomes sin. We've taken what God planned and supposed to be a secondary thing and made it primary in our lives. And it's acceptable in society today. The whole, thank God, it's Friday mentality. The whole, I'm living for the weekend. I'm living for the next time I get to do what I want to do. Life is not about the pursuit of production and accomplishing something of meaningful value. Life is doing what you have to do. I hate my job, but I have to do it so I can get enough money to go do the things that I enjoy doing. Is not that the mentality of much of society? That's what they want. They're just living most of their life so that they can do the things of pleasure, the pursuit, the enjoyment. When I was a teen, I loved to ride a skateboard. It's hard to believe now looking at me. (laughs) But I spent a lot of hours on a skateboard. I spent too many hours on a skateboard. I became proficient. I was pretty good at riding a skateboard for for somebody that didn't ever go, go pro or anything like that. But I... Had it was basically glued to my feet. I mean, we lived in the church parking lot and the church, my door was like from here to the back of the auditorium from the school building. And I would come out of my front door and drop my skateboard and I'd roll to the school building. <laughs> I'd pick it up again. You know, I mean, I was on it all the time. But I remember when I was about 16 years old, my dad came to me and he picked up the skateboard and he looked at me and he says, I'm afraid this thing's becoming a God to you. You see, beloved, anything that you put in front of God becomes your God. Anything that has a higher priority in your life than that of God becomes a God to you. It becomes a sin. And my dad looked at me and he said, son, if something doesn't change, I'm going to cut that thing in half. Because it's becoming a God to you. What have we allowed to become a God? Men are lovers of pleasure more than that of God. The whole of their life has become just about the next thrill. The only reason we work is to get and to have money so that they can go and do the next whatever it is they're pleased to do. You see, we've made what God intended to be part of our life and exaggerated to the place where it is now the point of our life. And that's not supposed to be. An inordinate pursuit of pleasure above all else is going to cost you. Pleasure, beloved, as I said, is designed to be a means of gaining relaxation. It's designed by God to give you a break, to allow you to recoup and, and refocus. The Bible says, laughter doeth good like a medicine. There is something healing about just having a good laugh. There is something proven Uh, scientifically uh, about taking a break and how it benefits you and how you can and and they say somebody uh, people in the workforce if you'll take a a five-minute break every hour you'll produce more than if you just keep trying to plug on through sometimes in my office I get you know just almost cross-eyed I've been in there so many hours and I just get up and come outside and and walk down the hallway and say hi to Matt and uh, you know uh, wave it Lauren and Joe and Kate as they're going through the hallway or stop downstairs and see the kids for a couple minutes and then come back into my office. Just, just a short little break so that you can refocus. You see, pleasure is supposed to be a rejuvenating thing. It is supposed to be something uh, that is secondary, but we have turned it and made it primary in our lives. It's good to have a time of rest so that you can get back. To what God plans for you to do. It's great to look forward to the next vacation, but when we're living for the next vacation, that's when it becomes idolatry. Anything elevated to such a high priority that that's what we're living for, it's idolatry in our life. Many times, the pursuit of pleasure costs financial hardship for many families. Just think how many people get themselves into financial hardship because of the pursuit of pleasure. Doing things that they can't afford. Taking vacations they don't have money to take. Going places they, you know, oh, this is what people do. So we're going to go do it. And just in the pursuit of that pleasure, they put their family and tremendous financial burdens, having hobbies that they can't afford, buying boats or here's one that hits close to home four wheelers get your get your family in trouble in the pursuit of pleasure, taking a step out when 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 you don't have the means or capacity to do that. And that's money that God would have had you give to the Lord's work or to accomplish something of eternal significance. Instead, it's sitting in the driveway. Instead, it's broken down at the shop. Proverbs twenty-one seventeen says, he that loveth pleasure shall be a poor man. Doesn't get any plainer than that, does it? He that loveth pleasure shall be a poor man. What I'm saying today, beloved, is that we, I think, have got out of balance in this area of pleasure. Realizing that God would have us enjoy pleasure, and that's okay, but we're also meant to be productive. You see, many are looking for pleasure to give them meaning in their life. And pleasure was never supposed to do that. That's not what it's designed for. The meaning for your life is to come from God. From accomplishing something of eternal weight and value, that's where the meaning comes from. But people in the world today look for meaning, and the next time they get to jump out of a plane, and the next time they get to go bungee jump, or they get to go uh, you know, experience uh, some, some activity that they really enjoy, Satisfaction from pleasure is temporary at best. I just think about a good meal. The kids and I were talking the other night about the Oregon Grill that's reopened. The Oregon Grill right here at the end of Cuba, <clears throat> they have a steak. They have a steak on their menu that's $210. <laughs> My son looked at me and he says, I thought a hundred bucks for a pair of tennis shoes was bad. Now I'm going to wear those for a year. (laughs) And I said, a hundred bucks for a pair of shoes is bad. And I said, two hundred, he says, it doesn't matter how good it tastes, you're going to be hungry in a few hours. I said, yeah, that's right. He's like, I would never spend that on a steak. I'm like, well, I might be tempted. (laughs) But... I mean, it's, it's Wagyu after all, right? <laughs> what I'm saying is it doesn't matter how good it was, in a few hours you're going to be hungry. And it doesn't matter how much you enjoyed that pleasure, in a few hours you're going to be hungry. You're going to be looking for the next pleasure because pleasure does not satisfy And when men are living for pleasure, they have to continue to seek it over and over and over and over again, and they're never satisfied. The consumption of pleasure is at a never-ending pace. That's why our meaning is to come from God and the pursuit of Him. We can enjoy pleasure, and that can be a blessing, but it shouldn't be the priority. I wonder, beloved, how many Christians have come to the place that unless a sermon Is full of good jokes and heartwarming stories. It's no good. I wonder how many have come to the place that a sermon... I remember last year or maybe a little over a year ago, we had somebody come in and speak, and his message on Sunday morning, immediately when he was done, Pastor Derek came up to me and Pastor Derek said, I really like this guy. He said there was not one story in the message. It was all Bible. It was one systematic Bible study, one verse after the next. Scripture. But I wonder how many of us need to be entertained to get something. You see, beloved, our consumption of pleasure has even moved into the auditorium. It's going to damage your kids. They're going to have a poor view of what's important in life if you set the pursuit of pleasure at a high priority. How many kids have reached the point where everything has to be fun? They're only interested in doing that which they enjoy. They only want to play or they, you know, the old saying, I'm bored. I'm bored. But where did they learn that? How many kids have lost their priority on God, and it was lost because their parents put the priority on Little League and Boy Scouts and dance class and band and art class and yard sales and sports and activities and whatever else? That was the priority. As I bring this to a conclusion this evening, beloved, there's nothing wrong with enjoying the fruit of your labor. But are you enjoying it at the expense of what God would have you be doing? I think about David on a rooftop, just taking a break, some time off. After all, he was the king. He had earned the right to enjoy life and not be. You see, he was taking time from that, which what he was supposed to be doing. And it cost him dearly. It cost him dearly. We've got things so out of balance today that Christians are working at their play, they're playing at their worship, and they're worshiping at work. We're working at our play. We're playing at our worship and we're worshiping at work. I wonder.